I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors defeated the Portland Trailblazers uh, in their second straight scrimmage win by a score of 110-104. This was a hilariously competitive scrimmage. I know it's just a scrimmage, but they did not treat it like one. There was a lot of trash talk going back and forth. And honestly, just a lot of great basketball being played. Very entertaining game that was competitive, even with the third stringers coming in. But before I go on to recap this um, thrilling scrimmage, and I really mean thrilling, I got to tell you that, look, lately we've all been craving buckets, no, we don't just mean the ones on the court. We mean the fried chicken kind. So we did some thinking. Basketball has hot dogs. Football has nachos. And now that basketball is back, it only makes sense to name Kentucky Fried Chickens its official food. Listen, basketball players make buckets all the time. KFC makes buckets all the time. And theirs are filled with fried chicken, like famous original recipe or crispy popcorn chicken or even juicy tender. So that settles it, KFC. The official food of basketball, order at KFC.ca and get it before tip-off. So, this really entertaining scrimmage. Um, it, it was fun. It was really fun. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, I'm missing Raptors basketball too much. It's been too long. But no, I mean, it was a really, really fun game. And, and really, the game was fun because, uh, you know, it got really feisty. Like, it, it you know, midway through the second quarter... Off a you know innocent play where you know Yusuf Nurkic really happy he's back by the way I, that was a horrific foot injury he had he broke his leg um, and it's, it's good to see him back um, and, and honestly dominating playing really well but uh, Nurkic and Serge Ibaka got mixed up underneath the basket off a rebound again regular stuff you know oh man it's just an elbow here and here like no big deal uh, Serge slaps away. Nurkic, Nurkic slaps away Serge, and the two of them kind of go face to face a little bit, and they get pulled apart. Um, you know, uh, again, this is feels like Serge is in a lot of these. Although I think also Nurkic, to his credit, is also um, a bit of an agitator. I think he really does relish the uh, physical kind of contact and the physical play. He's he's a bit of a bully himself. Um, but this really got this game going. Like you know, it was a regular. Um, scrimmage up until this point you know like yeah whatever you know teams are trying on new sets the raptors uh you know nick nurse went to his jumbo lineup um this time with fred van vliet in as the two guard uh alongside siakam uh ibaka and uh, and, and marcus saw that man og was coming off the bench uh and and you know they were just trying out stuff at first but as soon as this uh, little um exchange happened you know I, I think at first it was the blazers who really um, got it going. I think um, the Blazers bench were really, really into this game. Um, you know, they really cheered it on. And I think Nurkic himself really took it, you know, upon himself to go at Surge in a couple of possessions, you know, right after that little uh, skirmish. Um, you know, he gets the ball in the post, kind of, you know, gets a shoulder, dips it into Surge's chest, finishes the layup. Uh, and then on the other end, you know, Pascal gets blocked by Mario Hazonia, which, yeah, you know, I it's it's unfortunate, but even LeBron got blocked by Mario Hazonia, so I'm just going to overlook that for a second. Um, but he, you know, the block gets recorded by Hazonia. There's a loose ball on the baseline. And Nurkic dives out of bounds. 
and 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 throws the ball, deflects the ball off Serge's leg right in front of the Blazers bench, and they are going crazy. Like this is their championship. This is <laughs> this is their championship. Okay, not winning thirty games is their championship this year, but just really this is their championship. Okay, um, and 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 yeah, like it was just competitive from that point on. Like there were a couple of reporters. Uh, in the bubble at this game, guys like Joe Varden, um, the Blazers also a PR person, um, uh, and I forget her handle. But, um, yeah, like, they were all reporting about how there was just a lot of trash talk going on back and forth. You can hear it in the broadcast, too, which is kind of really nice, actually. I, I mean, this is what we've all wanted uh, for a long time is just to hear the trash talk that's actually at NBA games. I think that's probably half the reason why um, people pay thousands of dollars to go to courtside seats is to sort of hear that trash talk and the banter. Um, but yeah, apparently there was a, a lot of trash going, you know, going back and forth. And honestly, it was just a competitive game. Like the Blazers made a bit of a run. Nurk, you know, was sort of really stepping up defensively, blocking shots. The Raptors were, you know, getting shots blocked at the rim, stuff like that. Blazers took a lead. Then the Raptors came storming, storming back in. They hit a bunch of threes. Kyle hit a trail three. Uh, Pascal was, you know, doing his Pascal stuff, you know. Um, and the Raptors sort of took the lead themselves. Surge himself actually responded really strongly to Nurkic by scoring himself as well. Uh, in that third quarter there, Serge Ibaka had, I think, 11 points in, uh, of his 19 in the third quarter, including two threes, one of which was like a 30-footer. I mean, Serge's improvements this year, by the way, has just been really mesmerizing for a guy who's supposed to be in his decline um, in his 11th season, but instead is having a career year. Uh, and so it became this really, really competitive game. And... Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it. the Raptors kind of took the lead. You know, eventually the, the, the starters came off. Okay, that's no no, no problem the third quarter. Uh, then you got some bench units going in there. The Raptors bench better than the Blazers bench, definitely. So the Raptors continued to build their lead. Uh, you know, Matt Thomas caught fire. He had, what, 16 points off the bench, including four threes, really helping to extend that lead. Terrence Davis comes into the game, you know, immediately hits two threes back-to-back to give the Raptors more of a cushion. And then, you know, eventually, even the second unit guys get filtered off, all right? No more Matt Thomas, no more Terrence Davis. Uh, we're going to go with uh, no point guards, basically, because, you know, the Raptors really don't have a third-string point guard. Pat McCaw, you know, remains out for a second straight game with an undisclosed injury. Um, but, yeah, you got Stanley Johnson running point. You got um, Paul Watson, uh, the two-way guy. Uh, you know, out there as sort of a shooting guard kind of situation. Dewan Hernandez is sharing the floor with Chris Boucher. Uh, I, f- I forget who the f- f- fifth guy was. Oh, Malcolm Miller was out there too. Um, so we're talking about really, really, you know, deep 905 uh, type lineups. And, and yet it was still competitive. It was still, com- it got so competitive. You know, the Blazers are trapping full court as if they were the Raptors. And they were trying to, and they're threatening maybe at times to try to come back and do something. Um, and it made for a really exciting finish. Like you got Paul Watson off a bit of a broken play with the Raptors, I think only up one possession. Um, Paul Watson collects the ball, takes down in the middle of the lane, throws down this big, huge dunk. I'm not going to say it was DeMar versus the Bucks in game six, 2017, but you know, uh, you know, Paul Watson, definitely a guy who has a lot of athleticism. Uh, he can shoot the three as well, although he didn't hit any today. Uh, but he had a dunk to sort of kind of sealed it for the Raptors. And, of course, Stanley himself. I know Stanley gets a lot of shit on here. And Stanley does some things like tonight where he hit, you know, shot back-to-back air balls, forced to, you know, just forced the issue and, and drove into traffic. He loves doing that for some reason and turned it over. There were times where it, it looked pretty bad. But even Stanley, I got to give Stanley his props because, you know, Stanley was actually instrumental in closing this game out. Yes, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it was a contested game. The Blazers really wanted it. 
And he was basically being point guard. And so you needed someone. Well, you, you basically needed Stanley to handle the ball securely because otherwise, you know, no one else is going to do it, right? Paul Watson, not a, not a handler. Malcolm Miller, definitely not a handler. And then you got two bigs. So you needed Stanley to play point guard. And I, to Stanley's credit, he beat the full court traps. He handled them well. He didn't turn the ball over there. Uh, he got fouled. Uh, he hit two free throws to sort of ice the game. He had a transition and one, um, you know, off a pass that was led by a fast break led by Chris Boucher. Again, this is real weird, but you know, the Raptors had to go on and close this game. So I think even, you know, Stanley could feel happy about the way he performed tonight. So on the whole, this was just uh, a really <laughs> exciting scrimmage. Again, lots of trash talk. I wish you can hear more clearly what they were saying, but evidently there was a lot, uh, being exchanged and, um, you know, it's just great to have sort of this type of competitiveness just to get your, I don't know, just to get your sense of competition back. You know what I mean? Like, like the first win against Houston, whatever. You're playing like Pinball Clemens as the, as, the, as the backup point guard for the Rockets. Like, it's, you know, whatever. That's That was a walk in the park as compared to this. This one was really, everyone had to you know, really lock in and compete. And I thought the Raptors did a really good job of it. So, uh, fun win. Again, a lot of people can sort of hang their heads high. Uh, in, in terms of sort of how everyone did, because everyone did well, I think I'm just going to go through the whole roster. Um, I'll start with Pascal. Uh, so he had 18 points, 5 of 13 shooting, 3 of 9 from 3. A couple open ones he missed. Um, but, you know, I think Pascal, especially since he hasn't shot the ball for three months, probably needs a little bit more time than everyone else to sort of um, really recalibrate and, and find his form. Now, of course, it's worrisome because, um, you know, like, damn, like he's the number one guy. Like, you need him to score. But at the same time, you know, I I I know you can. I trust that he's putting in the work. I'm sure he's working extra to try to get that three point shot, you know, down uh, the way it was early in the season. Uh, but the the way Pascal can attack the basket, um, some really impressive drives, and you know, six free throw attempts. You know, the Blazers don't really have a guy to guard him. Uh, Siakam was able to, especially, you know, when he's playing that big lineup, he's sort of playing three. And so, you know, the the three man for the Blazers is uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony. So, um, yeah, I think Pascal should be able to score on Carmelo, uh, you know, 15-year vet Carmelo Anthony, who never really played defense in his career anyway. um, Yeah, I think Pascal was able to score on him, and, and he did, obviously. Uh, do that. I, I think with Pascal, it's just, yeah, getting the three-point shot down. There's a couple of wide-open looks he had. Uh, you know, there's not even much, that much to talk about there. Uh, I think the chemistry there is good. Uh, the, he also handled the ball a little bit more, which, uh, you know, when you have sort of these, like, weird transition lineups where, you know, Nick Nurse was talking before the game about how after Kyle and, and Fred, the third point guard is basically Pascal. Like, obviously, McCaw dribbles the ball, but he's really just there to set the table. Uh, as a guy who can create, as a guy who can initiate, as a guy who can play make, Pascal was kind of more of that third string point guard than anyone else. Um, but I do think, in terms of like creating for others, Pascal can do a better job with that. I think that's something that he can do as a next step in his development is making reads off a of pick and roll, getting all the way to the basket with his handle or with his strength, drawing double teams, and then finding the open guy. I just think he could do a little bit more of that um, than he is right now. I think this year. He averaged a career high with 3.5 assists, but especially being a number one guy with the ball in his hand so much and with the ability to handle and score and draw double teams, you kind of expect more than 3.5. And I think that's another growth in his game that he needs to make. But uh, yeah, for the moment, no complaints. Again, 18 points, 25 minutes. Very good. Uh, Serge Ibaka, um, he had 19 points in 25 minutes. 
Surge has been super sharp. Uh, you know, obviously, I raved about Surge in the first uh, reaction podcast uh, of, of the restart, you know, in the win against Houston. He had 18 points there on 8 of 10 shooting today. Just as efficient, um, you know, 6 to 6 in the free throw line. The three-point shooting for Surge has been super, super um, promising because, you know, Surge has been a decent three-point shooter basically for the last, like, four to five years. Um and, you know, it, it was sort of uh, strange last year that he didn't really shoot the three well. You know, he shot under 30% uh, for the first time in a very long time. Uh, you know, he, maybe that was a transition to, to center and he was working more in his sort of low post scoring and th- a mid-range game. But this year, Serge is scoring at all three levels. Like, he's literally, he's as good as he's ever been offensively. Like, he's scoring reliably around the basket. Uh, the hook shot is very steady. You know, the mid-range pick and pop is always there for him. Uh, especially when he runs it with Kyle. Um, and now the threes, I mean, the threes are really impressive. Like, you know, I remember before, um, you know, uh, the shutdown happened and stuff like that, when you can actually go to practice instead of just like Zoom calling people nowadays. Um, you, we could see Serge Ibaka every time, you know, he first off, he would always be getting extra shots in. Um, that's just the kind of guy he is. But, uh, you know, the Raptors have this like four point line that's like taped down at practice in their courts at OVO Center. Uh, it's literally just a tape line that's like about a meter back of the regular three-point line. And, you know, Serge is not the only guy to practice four-point shots, but basically, yeah, Serge has been practicing those four-point shots. And I think you saw one of those today where it was from 30 feet out, uh, top of the floor, you know, a, a meter back from the actual three-point line, and Serge cashed it. And, you know, this is just something where Serge is in such a great rhythm. I think, you know, again, as I spoke about in the last podcast, you're going to need a lot of leadership to get through this. You're going to need your guys like Kyle to like Serge, Mark, and Fred, Pascal. Like, you know, there's a lot of vets on this team, but you need your leaders to be sharp and ready. And Serge has been absolutely that through two games. Um, you know, he's even ready to fight, which again, it just, <laughs> I love that about Serge. I don't know why he always wants to fight so much, but um, yeah, Serge really set the tone. And, and I like that, you know, when Nurkic kind of went at him, uh, you know, Nurkic tried to, you know, bully him a little bit. Serge didn't back down. Of course, he was not going to back down. But, um, you know, that he also responded not just by slapping him back, but also by, you know, in the third quarter, okay, Nurkic came out, did his little thing, got some blocks. Okay, all right, the, the Blazers bench is cheering. Cool, great, talking trash. All of a sudden, Serge comes back. Third quarter, 11 points of his own, including once where he faced up against Nurkic. One-on-one, jab step. Honestly, a little mellow-esque. It's actually kind of funny, but... Um, but yeah, jab step, you know, a little bit of a handle, uh, you know, one or two dribbles, uh, got Nurkic sort of leaning one way and then, you know, uh, got inside and, 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 um, you know, was, was, uh, was able to draw the shooting foul in which he hit both free throws. So Serge is ready. He's ready to go. He's in midseason form. And again, it just speaks to him as a pro man. Like the fact that he's, you know, the way he's playing right now, even after not playing for four months, it just speaks to how seriously he takes all this. And again, just a great contract year for search. Um, Mark. So Mark finally got um, some playing time. Uh, obviously he didn't play the first game against Houston. No big deal. It seemed like it was a planned rest day today. Great time to play Mark only in the sense that, you know, not only is it a better matchup because it's not a team like Houston that only plays no centers and shoots bad threes, but it's the Blazers who start two centers for themselves. They have Nurkic and Whiteside. Uh, and so, yeah, Marcus all got the start. Only played the first half. Uh, he played ten minutes, um, but you know, and despite the fact that look, he didn't he didn't uh, make a field goal. He was zero for one with an open three that he that he uh, hit back iron, um, and that he missed a couple of free throws. I like the way he played. Um, so Mark, you know, 
with the shedding of the weight, you always wonder sort of how that's going to affect this game. I think the biggest thing is that he's back to sort of being able to play a little bit more confidently in the paint. Like, there was just no lift before, right? No lift whatsoever early in the season. He came back from Spain, uh, you know, chugging beers, chugging a rosé, winning championships. This man had no more lift. And so, you know, when he was playing in the paint, he didn't have much lift to begin with. But, you know, you don't you you're, you don't have that bit of lift. You don't really know if you're going to get your shot off. And so you saw him, like, take a lot of fadeaways because, you know, whatever. You can't use the fade. If you can't get your shot off, at least you can sort of fade away and try to shoot a rainbow shot. That's not going to go in a lot, um, even if you're as skilled as you are as Marcus All is. But, you know, there just wasn't any sort of interior game. You know, Marcus still hit threes and he still hit 40 percent on his threes. But you know, wasn't able to score inside. And today I, I thought he made a, a marked effort to get inside and score. Um, you know, his first uh, play offensively, he rolls hard to the basket and tried to go in for a dunk and was fouled. Uh, first off, I don't remember Mark trying to go in for many dunks this year. And uh, the few times he did, I think his hamstring is probably yelling at him. Um, so that was promising to see. Uh, another play where, you know, he demanded a post-up. Serge ended up taking the three and cashing it anyway, but uh, I like that Mark was sort of, you know, calling for the ball and demanding a post-up. Again, that just hasn't happened a lot earlier this season because he, he's just been limited. Uh, and then later on, Mark gets another post-up, this time against Carmelo, demands the ball, the the, the, the Raptors swing it around, OG, you know, gets it into the post. Mark, you know, makes a hard move, gets fouled in the post, goes to the free throw line, and then he gets fouled on a three. And so in total, he shoots seven free throws. In his 10-minute stint. And I just like the willingness for him to actually play on the inside. I think it, you know, it's not his best move. I don't think it's something where we're going to suddenly feature Marcus Gasol on the low block all the time. Like, he's Pau Gasol. But at the same time, I do think that having that variation in the offense, the fact that he can stretch out, shoot the ball, he can assist other people, set screens, play the pick-and-roll game. But also, like just the threat of him actually going inside and scoring, especially against these uh, mismatches, right? Like, look, we saw last year, like, the Sixers were like, you know what? Mark's washed, all right? We're going to put Tobias Harris on him in the post. You could try to post him up, but he's not going to score. And honestly, they were kind of right about that. And offensively, Mark wasn't able to do much with it. And you saw sort of similarities uh, in, in the other series against, um, you know, uh, Golden State and Milwaukee as well, where they sort of put smaller guys on Mark. You know, like, Mark's going to need to be able to score in those uh, situations. And, and if he has more lift, if he has more confidence in his ability to bang and a little bit more quickness inside, then then that's great. So, um, you know, Mark got the start today, played in the two-big lineup. Uh, you know, Nick's talked about the two-big lineup a lot, so it's not surprising that they played it. Uh, Fred, you know, he tweaked his – so he banged his knee in the first quarter with Anthony Simons on a very harmless play. Uh, he left the game immediately. You know, he called basically. He just waved over to the, the bench and was like, no, nah, I'm coming out. Straight to the, I guess, not locker room, like some sort of training area. I'm not really sure what the configurations are like at Disney, okay? Went to the Epcot Center, okay? Um, and, yeah, and then, you know, he didn't come back the rest of the game. But he did come back to the bench, like, pretty quickly and, and looked to be in, you know, uh, smiling and talking to his teammates and stuff like that. So hopefully it's okay. Um, you know, assistant coach Nate Bjorgren said at halftime, seems like he's okay. Uh, you know, not too big of a concern. And then Nick Nurse kind of said the same thing afterwards. But who knows? We'll see. Get some tests. I doubt he plays on the next scrimmage unless it's really, really nothing. But it looked to be a little bit of a knee-on-knee kind of thing. In, in any case, uh, hopefully Fred's okay. Um, you definitely don't want to suffer another injury with Fred on the verge of a uh, playoffs because – that's what happened in 2018. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't even want to revisit that. Uh, Kyle. Kyle was fantastic. You know, Kyle's Kyle. Like, he's always going to be great. 
13 points, six rebounds, four assists, uh, you know, a couple of turnovers, you know, uh, you know, some offensive fouls that I don't think they were, were really offensive fouls. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kyle was, was great. He just continues to set the tone. You know, his, his shot looks sharp. He's getting to the basket. Uh, he's really, really done a great job of, uh, you know, driving the ball deep into the paint, touching the paint, drawing an extra defender, and then triggering kickout sequences where it's either directly to an open three point shooter or the Raptors can swing and beat the rotations to find an open three. Again, that's, that's such a vital part of the Raptors offense. And, you know, uh, Kyle's by far the best guy at doing that. Uh, and of course, the, the tenacity, defensiveness. I'm sure well, there's a lot of trash talk going on. And if there's a lot of trash talk going on, I'm sure Kyle Lowry was once was, was participating in, in some of that stuff right there. Um, but Kyle's great. You don't have to worry about Kyle. Kyle's kind of doing Kyle stuff uh, in the bench. So OG he came out the bench. He played 21 minutes. Um, I, I was really impressed with OG. Like I don't want to gas up a 7.6 rebound, four assist uh, performance that much with two blocks. But um, I don't know. It was really good. <laughs> I, uh, you know, again, I'm not trying to lie to you, but the two blocks on Melo, okay, not bad, not bad. I mean, Melo's look. You can slander Melo. He's a very talented offensive player, definitely a skilled player. He knows how to get a shot off. OG blocking him twice, that's noteworthy. Um, but yeah, you know, even with the with, with the way OG scored or in the way OG assisted, the four assists is what was really impressive to me because. OG was able to actually use his handle to create. And I'm not saying this was he suddenly turned into Jamal Crawford or or Kyrie Irving, but OG had some quick crossovers, especially against guys like Zach Collins in a semi-closeout situation, a light closeout. Uh, OG was just able to you know cross him up, basically freeze him and go past him and get to all the way to the rim where he would either finish, which he did uh, through Collins for an and one, uh, or he would draw the extra defenders, kick out, um, and uh, just make a play. And look, that's the thing with OG, man. Like, he's really young. And, and, you know, there's more to come and more growth in his game. The Raptors, you know, Nick talked about it briefly. Um, he talked about how, you know, he wants to get, uh, obviously, Pascal in a situation where he's handling pick and rolls and setting screens and pick and rolls. Uh, and he said the same. He wants the same thing for OG. And, and you know, OG is not as skilled offensively as uh, Pascal. Not even close. But, um, you know, I, I think the belief is there. The talent is there. And they're willing to sort of try it out. And, and OG showed some really, really nice plays today. Like, again, when, do you, when else do you remember OG crossing some people up and actually creating something? And, and so I think that's impressive. I think um, I've seen a few of the practice, post-practice clips and stuff like that. OG's in a lot of those drills, op, you know, working and practicing on his pick, uh, pick and roll game in terms of coming out the screen, uh, you know, and, and making a decision whether that's to pull up for three or, you know, drive to the mid-range area and get a pull up there or drive all the way through and, and you know, uh, kick out to the corner and then trigger swing. So we can, there's, there's a variations in the drills, but OG's in a main participant in a lot of those along with Terrence Davis. Um, and, and, yeah, it's clear that they want to, develop that part of his game and look i've always said the weakest part of og's game is that handle and if you could act if you can develop that handle then you can connect all the other parts of his offensive game right now great cutter you know he's great finisher in transition he can he's really athletic uh you know and and he's a decent three-point shooter if he has the handle you can connect a lot of those things you can suddenly work a couple pick and rolls you can maybe talk about a pick and you know um you know a pull-up game again this is a couple years into the future but OG looked good, man. He looked good. And look, whatever. Crossing up Zach Collins off an injury, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not maybe not going to make Sports Center top 10. But yeah, OG had some really nice plays, man. And I really liked the way he uh, assisted, um, you know, uh, Pascal, especially on one play where, again, he drove against the closeout, got to the elbow area, stopped, 
um, because he realized and he read the defense and he was able to immediately realize that, okay, if, if this is where all the defenders are, one guy's behind me, who's open on the wing, immediately swung it back, pitched it back to Pascal, open for three, and Pascal hit that three. So I'm intrigued by OG, man. I mean, I'm always intrigued by OG. There's there's a lot of talent and skill there. And I got I just got to remind you that OG is younger than even a guy like Terrence Davis, okay? There's there's time for him to develop. And, it, again, a couple of drives here and there, like, you you know, it's, it's not the uh, – it's not like, holy shit, he's going to turn into Kawhi. But I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's promising. That's for sure. Um, Norm. Norm – so he had a good plus minus. You know, he had plus 19, actually a game high uh, in 22 minutes. But, you know, it just feels like him with the bench unit right now is not fully clicking. I don't really like the type of shots he's getting. He's missing a couple of open shots too, which again, this is completely expected because it is, you know, uh, after such a long layoff. But yeah, I just think that Norm could use just some more time with the starters just to get his rhythm a little bit, just to get him some easier buckets. You know, he, obviously we know he can score in transition. Uh, he's got the pull up. I'm uh, sorry, he's got the catch and shoot game down pretty well. And he got one today where honestly, Rip Hamilton style, man, coming off two screens, baseline. Uh, you know, a, a, maybe a foot or two inside the three-point arc, rise up, you know, contested, you know, still hit the uh, the jumper off an inbound play. I thought I was watching the 0-4 Pistons. Um, but, yeah, Norm, you know, 2 for 9 today, 0 for 3, you know, it's just the, the first two games, Norm hasn't looked completely comfortable with the bench unit. And I think a lot of that just comes down to he's creating a lot more offense for himself. Uh, and, and that's not necessarily his strength. Obviously, when he's hot, sure, give him some touches, let him go to work. But... As of right now, um, I still think he's better as a finisher, and and I think, you know, when he played with uh, Fred, or sorry, when he played with Kyle, when he played with Mark, looked a lot more natural, which again is normal. Of course, everyone's gonna look good playing with playmakers like Kyle and, and Mark, but uh, I just think yeah, Norm is the guy who kind of relies on that more. I mean, I understand if they're trying to develop his pick and roll game, definitely. I think that could be a big improvement, um, but as of, as of right now, that's not fully his game. Um, Boucher came in, did some Boucher stuff. You know, defensively was active. I uh, had a couple of assists, especially there in the fourth quarter. Uh, Rondé, you know, as I as I tweeted on Twitter, Rondé exclusively plays basketball at a forty five degree angle. Um, this guy, you know, his his movement his his movement chart will look like an MC Escher painting. Like it, it's just, you know, it, it's 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 strange, but it's re- it's weirdly effective. I don't know. I don't really feel like he's been playing a bad game. I think he's playing really well with the bench right now. I think his ability to handle, especially with the bench sort of being short on ball handling creates another angle in which the Raptors can attack. Uh, he can usually get deep into the paint. And then maybe the defense makes a mistake uh, and he can kick out. He's at four assists. He's a decent passer that way. But, um, yeah, I thought, you know, run the defense. He, he hustles. He, 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 you know, makes a lot of great plays, connects to a, a lot of what the Raptors do defensively. So I liked his game. Uh, TD came in. Uh, <laughs> this is what I like about TD's game, all right? 19 minutes off the bench. 10 shot attempts, all right? You know, he comes into the game. He's shooting that basketball. He's getting aggressive. He had four threes today, including back-to-back threes when he checked in in the second half. Um, and it's just, as a whole, it's just a joy to watch Terrence, man. I mean, I, I you know, it, he couldn't really get some of his uh, layups to fall, but he did get to the rim a couple of times uh, off the drive, off the dribble, which is uh, impressive. I think um, that's another area of his game that I think he can grow is uh, working on his handle so he can get to the rim. But, uh yeah, I mean, he missed two sort of makeable layups. Not a big deal. The three-point shot, though, has been great for him. And, uh, yeah, it's just the energy he brings in immediately. It's like the bench has a different pace. And that's what you always want for your bench, right? Like, a good bench is always one that plays fast, uh, be is active defensively, it's great in transition, and it's just able to sort of 
beat the other team in terms of energy. That's most great benches have the same thing. It's just a lot more energy and a lot more athleticism. I think TD fits that perfectly. Uh, Matt Thomas, fantastic, sixteen points in uh, in nineteen minutes. I swear this is this isn't just uh, propaganda, but. Yeah, man, he, he, he this guy can shoot. I don't know what else to say. Like, I like the fact that he got seven three point attempts off. Um, because, you know, for Matt, he doesn't do that much else. Like, you know, he's okay. He surprisingly decent um, on the defensive glass. You know, has a bit of a handle. Seems like he knows how to pass um, and is a willing passer. But really, the way for Matt Thomas to get more effective as an NBA player is to get more aggressive as a scorer because we know he can shoot. And so I like the fact that you know what, off a high pick and roll. From 30 feet, just like in game one, you'll you'll pull it and you'll you'll shoot that and you'll make it. Um, and, and and you know leaning threes stuff like that. He's he's a guy who can come in and he needs to get his attempts up. Like it's no good for Matt Thomas to just come in and space the floor. It's good, you know. It it, it helps, you know. It, it, whatever, but his main use in the NBA is getting shots off. Okay, like um, we we don't want a Jason Capono situation where he's a great three point shooter, but he's only taking like one a game. Uh, you know, you want Matt to be able to get his offense. And I thought he's he's been more aggressive with his offense, especially with that bench unit uh, in the two games. And I like seeing that. I like seeing him extend his range. I like seeing him pull off the dribble. You know, just keep going. Keep going with that. And, you know, when he gets really hot, then, yeah, he can dart back door for, like, a little uh, drive and gets fouled or, like, a cut and he gets a layup. You know, the guy he, you know, you want him to sort of study and want him to replicate is, like, a guy like J.J. Redick. And yeah, I mean that's what Reddick does. Like he, he hits a couple threes, and all of a sudden, you know, you're really overplaying him. You know, you're you're putting the top lock on him. You're playing him. You're overplaying him. He cuts back door, and all of a sudden, he's getting in for a layup because literally everyone is at the three point line trying to run him off. And so I can see a little bit of that from Matt Thomas as well. Again, he's a clever player. He's a smart player. He works hard. He has a great attitude. I'm not surprised that he's been successful. And we even saw extended minutes for a guy like Paul Watson, right? Game one, we saw a lot more O'Shea Brissett. He didn't play today. Today, those minutes went to Paul Watson, the other two-way guy. He got in 15 minutes, played some good defense, had that dunk at the end. I like that he had his moment. Um, Malcolm Miller had a a, a driving layup, um, which is nice because I don't think I've seen him do anything other than hit threes. Um, And then, yeah, so it's a good win, man, good win. Uh, In terms of your three stars... From this game, uh, I got to say the first star is, for me, Serge Ibaka, 19 points, uh, 6 rebounds. Uh, you know, look, listen, it's beyond the stats and all the, you know, importance of the game. I just like that he made a scrimmage so entertaining. Again, Serge is just so good as a guy who makes content. He even made a, a meaningless bubble scrimmage really fun by getting into this weird little scrap with Yusuf Nurkic, which as much as I think Serge is, you know, definitely not someone to be messed with, Yusuf Nurkic doesn't seem like someone to be messed with, all right? I don't think I'd be wanting to be messing with seven-foot Bosnian dudes who just broke their leg and came back. Um, but yeah, Serge, you know, really got this game, you know, cracking, and he played really well himself, too. Again, 11 points in the third quarter. He gets my first star, just like he got in the first game. Uh, second star, I'm giving that to, um, uh, I, you know, I'll give it to Matt Thomas. Why not, man? Matt Thomas, 16 minutes, all right, uh, 16 points, all right, five of eight shooting, four of seven from three, got the two free throw attempts in there. Um, you know, uh, you know, a little bit of that playmaking juice. Again, he played a little bit more shooting guard with Kyle Lowry, which is kind of nice, the nutcracker duo, uh, you know, back at it, you know, making plays, you know, being small, but also, also being a little overwhelmed defensively, but still, you know, spacing the floor, uh, being threats to shoot. I like the way Matt played tonight. I like the way he looked for his offense. I want to see more of that. And then third star, I'll give it to Kyle Lowry. I mean, come on, man. Kyle, Kyle's fantastic. 13 points, you know, plus 18, six rebounds, four assists, a couple of BS calls, you know, I'm sure a lot of trash talk. Just a, a, a great Kyle Lowry game. Um, you know, didn't take a charge, but, you know, 
you don't need to sacrifice your body to defend, uh, you know, guys like Jalen Horde or, or Wayne Gabriel, who was surprisingly active for a guy who was basically uh, Chris Boucher's shadow um, in terms of the lankiness and, and energy that he brought. As just a random dude that no one really knew what was going on with him. But, um, yeah, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, um, you know, respectively, I'll give it to Yusuf Nurkic. He was really fantastic, man. I was really happy to see him, you know, play well. Don't even mind the fighting with Surge, whatever. Who cares? Everyone fights with Surge. Um, 17 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. You know, he didn't shoot at that great 1 for one for 5 from 3, but got to the free throw line 10 times. Really aggressive on the offensive glass and really, really able to impose himself defensively. And again, if Yusuf Nurkic had been healthy all year, uh, the Blazers would not be in a position where they're basically treating a scrimmage game like it's their championship. Like, they'd be in the playoffs. Like, Yusuf Nurkic is that good. Remember, there was that game that he had, like, 20-20, 5-5 or something, and, and, like, another 5. It was some some ridiculous stat line that he had uh, in a game, you know, before, shortly before he got the, 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 the leg injury. So, I like his game. You know, I see a lot of Marcus All in his game. Um, you know, that being that big body, really strong guy, but also really light and nimble on his feet, plays defense, can pass. Uh, has scoring ability inside and out. So, uh, you know, uh, all the best to Yusuf. I, I hope he's uh, he's able to sort of pick up his game with Portland and, and do something with the team before, um, I don't know, they flame out. Uh, and then, yeah, so that does for the podcast. I mean, again, a really fun scrimmage. I, I don't think I'd be saying that. I know I'm a basketball addict anyway, but I promise you it was a really fun scrimmage. Uh, and it was worth talking about it for 30 hours, after 30 minutes. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Big thanks to KFC for sponsoring the podcast. And, uh, yeah, I'll be back to recap the, the Raptors' next scrimmage. Hopefully it's uh, half as exciting as this one. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.